If you've been pondering politics this week, then you've come to the right podcast, because this is the first post-Brexit pondering politics. So, what are we pondering this week? Is Boris continuing to censor the press? Do caucuses really suck? Brexit strikes. And is it now conservative to care about the environment? I'm Andrew, the man on the street. I'm Simon, the man on the classroom. And together we are pottering post-Brexit politics. politics. Well, we need to start. We, I mean, we need to start with post-Brexit. I mean, this is a massive thing for the country. We've officially left the EU. We've had whatever it was, the 31st of January. Theresa May couldn't get it done. No. David Cameron couldn't get it done. Boris has finally got it done. Wow, we've left the EU. Nothing has changed. No, no, no. Remember all the doomsays. No, so I went Nothing's to the, changed. I, no, no, no. I went to the supermarket the other day. And there what, was, what, what? Listen, okay. there was no, just before you judge, okay. I went there and there was no fresh fruit, there was no water on the shelves, right. and, oh no, hang on, you're right, everything's exactly the same. So all the stuff that we were told before yeah. hasn't actually happened, and everything. I mean, in fact, petrol actually went down in price. I filled up today. I'd like to report that petrol's gone down. I filled up today and petrol got up. Where did you fill up? Was it like in a, uh, a shop? Uh, it was an M&S food. Oh, that's expensive. There you go. Sorry, yeah, but it's, gone up, it's gone up in M&S. But it's gone down. This is a really boring conversation. <laughs> it's gone this down. Really boring conversation. It, look, the point I'm trying to prove it's is... Because British, British people can no longer afford petrol, so they're bringing the prices down. Because we have poverty. <laughs> price, poverty! Prices don't work like that. It it's, it's, it's sale and demand. So everything's going to be fine, man. It's good. Are you... You obviously, for those of you that have not listened to the podcast before, I'm, I'm a... Shame on I'm, you, for starters. I'm a Remainer, Andrew's, Andrew's breakfast is. So how, how do you feel about it? Like, did you, you know, did you did you celebrate the moment? Did you did you have a feeling of satisfaction or... No, I looked at my phone on the evening and went, oh, it's 11 o'clock, we've left the EU. And then I got back to what I was there. But I know some people are very, very, very passionate and mm. were in central London. There was, like, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people there. there. There was a, a speaker playing the big thing, Ben's Bongs. Big Ben, yes. Oh God, let's not try and tackle that bang, one again. Bang a bong for Big Ben's Bong. Bong a bang for Biggity Bang. bang. Yeah, Biggity Bong. Big, 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 big. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so loads of people do care. But has the media... Okay, I've got a question, sub-question in this category. Okay. Did the media just hype all this up and it's no big deal? I think we're both being slightly unfair here because although we have contractually left the EU now, the reality is we are now in what they've called the transition period. Yes. So, so they, they, the, us and the EU have agreed that essentially we've left the EU, but nothing has actually changed. It will change slowly over, yes. over the coming years. So, so the, only, the only two effects, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, with your pulsating brain of political knowledge... Well, we've lost our MEPs. We've lost the MEPs, yeah. and we've lost the judges in the European courts. Uh, pass on the courts, I'm not sure, but be, we, we are no longer a part of the EU. We no yes. longer get a, a voice. But, we no longer have our representation there. But we still pay in? Pass, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, assume, okay. I assume so. Let me react to that. We do still pay okay. in. Okay. <laughs> okay. And we still have to follow all the rules until the end of the transition period, yeah. which yeah. is December of this year, 2020. So to counter your slightly unfair argument, like I, I'm obviously being slightly sarcastic in that I'm kind of going, oh, whoop, do you do nothing's changed. But also... Perhaps one of the reasons why nothing has changed for the worse is again nothing has changed. I think we're I think we're too soon to be able to make any kind of general conclusions about the impact of it. We are, but to 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 lean on my critical view on politicians, we were told by Remain politicians, and I'm sure you can criticise a lot of Brexit pol politicians. We were told immediately after the result that like World War Three was more likely. I think that, like um, Osborne made slight references to a war being possible now that we like left the eu emergency budgets food prices antibiotics would go 
And we were told that would happen immediately. And it hasn't. And obviously it blatantly is when the rules change at the end of the transition period, but that's not what the politician said. But I... Everyone's... I mean, I'm not going to defend the politicians who... Good. Uh, I'm not going to defend the, a view that said this could happen, it didn't. But you, but you are kind of announcing risk, or you're saying this could... You're... you're, 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 you're I'm predicting for the wrong word, but you're, you're hypothesizing about what possibly could happen. And actually, I did read an article the other day, which may be wrong, or no, a few months ago, that was actually saying a lot of these things have happened, but we've been able to, you know, they're, they're kind of, so there has been a drug kind of shortage. There, um, lots of businesses have started leaving the UK and factories have kind of closed and things like that. We've, we've just lost an IKEA today, for goodness sake. Um, I'll go back to that. Because okay, the IKEA one, I'm sarcastic, but a lot of those things have happened. So that's, that's my first point. Some of those things have happened. The, the second point I'd say is that, like, just because something is a risk doesn't necessarily mean it is going to happen. So I don't think you can necessarily say, aha, the Romanians are wrong because X, y, they said X, Y, Z was going to happen and actually only X has happened. I mean, it's still a, it still was a possibility. Um, I haven't got another point. Okay, so the businesses have been closing down and leaving and new ones coming in before Brexit was even on the agenda and even a question. So you can't put that down to Brexit. Secondly, IKEA... That was an experimental store, by the way. I know the story you're talking about. And, <laughs> and it, I'm joking about it again. Just to make it sure. Okay, just, the viewers are aware. Nissan right. have, have announced, or no, sorry, there's thinking behind leaks from Nissan that they're actually looking to double down an investment in the UK because they think they've got the advantage over the German manufacturers now that we're outside the European Union. And the I think there's a plant in Sunderland and they, they might be expanding it. That wasn't well, on the forecast. Look, I think... We don't know. We, we, we don't. We don't know. We've, we we see it differently. You're going to find articles that say this. I'm going to find articles that say that, and we're both going to go ha 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 ha. In reality, we're going to have to wait five years and look, yeah. and and then look and go, and then one of us will be like ha 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 ha. But even then, <laughs> but even but even then, to be honest, no, we won't know because we won't know what the alternative would have been. Well, if we're if, seeing, if we have an economic downturn, we don't know if we would have had an economic downturn. If we're doing this podcast by carrier pigeon to any subscribers, and we're like yeah. eating a can of dog food in, in five years, yeah, then yeah. you absolutely absolutely will have to say I told you so yeah. but if we're sitting here counting thousands of pounds and diamonds and jewels flowing off of us because we're so wealthy the UK is the most wealthy but I don't then, know, then I'll go home. but I don't know why you're defending this one anyway because you've told me before that you voted Brexit for a number of reasons but a lot of it was about giving a thumb in the eye to the establishment yep. and and uh, taking back control for the country was one of your th- you think your things, and there was some elements of wanting to take more control of immigration. If I'm, if I'm yep. correct, and things like that. You've never really made an economic argument for it, and yet uh, right now you seem to be kind of defending the economic possibilities. With that, but that's never really been something that you. No, no, no I'm, I'm I'm highlighting and pointing out the scaremongering tosh that was <laughs> that was <laughs> predicted before anything happened. And I get what you're saying. We don't. We won't really know until actually it really happens, which is the end of the transition period and beyond. But and if, beyond. if I said now, right, it, it's raining, and you looked out the window and it's not raining, am I right or wrong? I'm wrong. Wrong. Thank you. But if it starts raining in two days' time, I have not got the right to go. Ha! Told you it would rain. But that's, everyone said it would happen at particular points, and no, each no, point, no, 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 each no, point, no, it no, hasn't no, happened. No, that, that's a complete. That's a complete bastardization of what they were kind of implying. No, people said immediately after the, well, the, the vote. pound did plummet. Okay, yeah, that one absolutely it plummeted, and it's starting to build up now nicely. Fair it's, enough. It's not like, it's but there not... was there, there was things immediately after. Was there an emergency budget? That was it's, one of the things that was said. It we didn't now, but now it's in control. Now it's in. Uh, but it's not like the Mars bar factory is going to wake up the day after Brexit and be like, "Well, we're off then." You know, it's it's going to. 
be a process of time. I know, but that's not what was said. That's my point. The whole scaremongering. If, if politicians come out and went, eventually this will affect us. But you're doing a straw man argument. You're, 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 you're making up that someone said something that they, that they may have implied or half said, and, and then you're defeating the argument that no one's actually made. You're, you're, building, up, you're building up a straw man and you're knocking down the straw man. And yes, sure, you've knocked down the straw man, but there was never a straw man in the first place. You straw man beater. There's no straw man argument. Literally, the whole point I'm making is that people said things would happen immediately and it hasn't happened And we yet. both just said it's too soon to sell. Yes, but that was after the initial argument. Right, look, we're not going to agree. I bet you I'm right. And there, that's the end of the story. Okay. Nigel Farage. Yeah. The last day of the EU. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, you, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Because <laughs> you, you know, you, I said this to you last week, damn it. Okay, so, thought... so, so there was this... Yeah. Oh, sorry, for, for, for the viewers, the last day that we were in the EU, the MEPs from all parties had a bit of kind of like the, the UK is leaving moment. There was various arguments on both sides. Some people were in te- literally in tears yep. um, in the EU about, about we were going. The whole of the the whole of the group Parliament, I think, stand, stood up together and sang "Old Lang Syne" in English. They projected kind of the Union Jack onto the Dutch, like the equivalent of the Dutch things. Houses of And then Nigel Farage stood up and was waved his little Union Jack and basically said, "Well, screw you." Then broke the rules on the way out yeah. and then and then kind of wanted out. I mean, you know, your boy, man, he must be so proud. No, he's not my boy. Um, and when I saw that story unfolding, so I, I was watching like as it not as it happened, but it was in chronological order. Of well, I know, I know every time Farage is I on thought... your, your phone groups. <laughs> well, he's my screensaver on my phone. Don't <laughs> but um, with a beer, yeah. I, I thought it was really sweet what they said, and my, my my thoughts were if they were like that from the beginning, maybe this would have turned out a lot differently. Yes. And then he stood up and did that. It's like, why did you... They were being nice. You don't stick thumb and nice someone who's trying to reach out and be nice to you. Yeah. They're not trying to say, look, we're being nice, let's stop it now. They went, oh, it's really shame that happened. And, you know, it's all too late. Let, let's tell you how much we admire you. Uh, and yet they said that we liberated them time and time mm-hmm. again. We helped. And it was really nice things. Really nice. And, for, and uh, let me go publicly saying this. For Roger to do that, what a twat. There was no need for that. <laughs> Waving their silly little flags, they could yeah. have just been the bigger person and went. Thank you very much. You know, it's a shame. We'll, we'll never, this. we'll never agree with the EU, but we appreciate the way you've yeah. treated us or something like that. We know your heart is in the right place. But instead, he insulted yeah. guy something or other. Yeah, it was name. just unnecessary and it was ungentleman. It was un-British. That's what it was. It made him look childish. It made him look childish and, and made a mockery of all the arguments that even he has made before. Like, because he, he, he is a decent public speaker and he does make some good points about the EU, but that was not no, one of he them. He did not do himself a service and he went down in my, my, my opinion. Of it. it was also bad democratically because whichever side of the debate you're on, the result was close. So there has been winners and there have been losers here. And I do think that when you're a loser, it's very easy to be a bitter loser. But when you're a winner, you have... You have that blessing of being able to be the. Was it the is it magnanimous? Is the word you, know, yeah. you, you get to be like, well, I've won, but I, I feel it, bad. It was a hard you. fight, and you know, he gloated. Yeah, there was no need for that. He really did gloat. So I'm not going to disagree with you. I agree. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, we should probably move on topics, but there's other questions we could ask. But maybe we could do it in future springs. You know, will we ever rejoin? What's going to happen? What's the new deal going to be? They, they have started talking. Boris started talking, saying that he wants a Canadian-style deal, so yep. that they are hard negotiating. Uh, to kind of set out our future relationship, and we will of course be discussing it on, on the kind of the podcast. But I think that's probably enough for today on Brexit. Which indeed, you know, at some point, we are going to stop talking about Brexit, which will come up very soon. Right? Do caucuses really suck? What's a caucus? Okay, so we're American primary process. Yeah, choosing the candidates, Democratic candidates in particular. Technically, they are there is a 
Republican primary going on as well, but Donald Trump yep. is going to win. He won something like seven vote. When they vote, there's different types of voting they can do. One is just called a primary, so it's mm-hmm. like a primary in a primary. You can repeat the same word, which is basically an anonymous vote. Think general election. You, know, yep. you go, you put your vote in, blah, blah, blah. A caucus, the outcome is the same as in they're choosing their candidate, but it's actually done in like town hall meetings. It's face-to-face. It's visual. It's not anonymous. They do it, lots of different ones do it in different ways, but Iowa in particular does it by physically moving around the room. So you all go, say, okay. say you've got like 600 people in a room, you might get a few speeches by candidates or by representative candidates, and then you move to your place in the room, and then they do silly things. So maybe it's great, maybe it's not, maybe I shouldn't use the word silly. They do very unusual things like tempt people to come over, like, come over here, we'll give you a cookie. Um, come oh, over there, our candidate's better Sorry. than that. Like and then that. every so often they kind of ring a bell or they do something, and then which any candidate that's got less than 15% of the total vote that's there... Of the people. The yeah. people there is eliminated, oh. and then those people can then redistribute themselves to other things. And so they keep on going and keep on going until you, until you have a winner. That sounds really fun. It does sound kind of fun, really but it's fun. but it's but think about it from a democratic perspective. You know, it's public. Yeah. You know, there is going to be a lot of kind of like come over here, come over here, come over. Here. You know, dominating uh, personalities are going to be kind of uh, there. Um, you know, our votes are anonymous for very important democratic reasons in terms of bribery and influence and and bullying and you know, yeah. you know all sorts of. So, I, I personally, I think that anonymous voting is so important for a fair. Democratic vote. I mean, looking at what happens in Putin when he gets rid of his own opposition or things like that, yeah. allegedly. Um, <laughs> please, please don't do it. And don't come after me. <laughs> um, and to talk about, so that's what caucus is. Okay. And so they did that yesterday. And even though they've done it, um, I mean, to, to be honest, it must be a lovely family environment. It must be kind of a good community feel, especially as they're all Democrats as well. Mm. You know, so there must be an element of like, you know, it's kind of like, oh, we're all on the same side, really. I prefer this candidate, you prefer that candidate, but you know, well, we're all on the same side. But they've completely failed to get a winner because their technology has fallen apart and all the apps that were supposed to record all the votes and the bits and bobs hasn't worked. And so here we are, like, coming up on 24 hours later, and they still don't know who's won. Because I, I went to bed. Yesterday evening, and I was like, "Cool." When I wake up in the morning, we'll not have all this cool political news. All this cool political news. Was like, "No, it's all crashed." Everyone knows what's going on. So, looking at the thing right now, so we're, t- we're about seven thirty in the evening now. Uh, it's actually saying Trump declares win amid Iowa Democrat chaos because because he's right. The only winner to come out of it is him because he yeah. can just be like, "Well, Democrats can't even organise their own primary." That, that's literally the, the quote I heard when I was was driving to you was on the radio that he said, um, "How can they expect to run a country when they can't even run this?" Well, and it's it's, lovely, it's beautiful for him because he came out the other day, and it's only a it's a minor error, but he congratulated the wrong Super Bowl state team. Like he didn't know where. Oh, did he? Okay. I didn't so see whichever it. team I'm not an expert in sport, but whichever there's two there's a, there's two places called Kansas in America, and he congratulated the wrong one for winning the Super Bowl. Okay. Um. You know. So duh. Like he just he really needs someone to check his Twitter feed. <laughs> he really needs someone to check his Twitter feed. But but he's fairly bulletproof these days. You know, he yeah, just goes very well. It's it's a it's a. It's not a good PR thing, but yeah, now he's just uh, now now he can just laugh at the Democrats. So is this another like in the big picture? Is is he going to be able to use this because he's got so much that's happened quite recently that he can use? That's my foot on the chair, by the way. Just okay. in case anyone heard that audibly over the podcast. Uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, is he going to be able to? Is this going to really help him? I mean, I'm, no, I think I think he's the favourite anyway. To, to yeah, he's the he's yeah. the incumbent, and yeah. incumbents in American politics have a such a high success record. Mm. Um, Even in I, don't, I, I think. <laughs> Times have changed now, and I think we are in twenty-four hour news cycle. And whereas this might have been a huge story twenty years ago that lasted and lasted, in reality, we, we will have forgotten about this by the time we've had two more primaries. Because because remember, this isn't just one primary. Like we've got a primary in Iowa, then we go to New Hampshire, then we've got Super Tuesday in about a month.
month's time and so on. So we've got lots of these little elections, so we're not going to be talking about this. Yeah. Um, but it starts to maybe build a picture that the Democrats are incompetent, which I'm sure they will play on. Because he's, he's got a beautiful time now, assuming, well, assuming he doesn't get impeached, uh, which is, of course, the other thing. But he's they got, won't, because they won't, like, like they won't do it. no, he, no he, evidence, no witnesses. <laughs> well, there can't be any evidence if there's no. no witnesses. But he's got a beautiful moment right now where he can basically sit back and just watch Democrats fight Democrats. And he can yep. just criticise both of them. And whoever, whoever wins, he can be like, well... Yep. Um, just watch it live on the Twitter and just, just put the, the boots in. The impeachment thing is, is become such a it's it was a farcical anyway, but mm. it's now so farcical in that have you seen this this guy John Bolton who's written a book? No. Who So John Bolton's got an amazing moustache. You'd love it. I know you like a man with a moustache. I do. I, I um, miss that. Top hats and moustaches. He's got a brilliant moustache. He was the defence secretary. I'll, I'll show you a, a show picture. If you're listening, Google John Bolton. At the same time as we're doing it in the past. That little tappy tap tap was John Bolton. Oh, wow. You like that moustache? Oh, that yeah, is, you like that that is a moustache. Imagine tickling that. Is that. Tickler. Yeah, that is a tickler. That is a tickler. He tickled me right on the upper lip with that moustache. Oh, smiling and frowning. It just looks amazing. He smiles. Oh, Where's he smiling? I think he's he Oh, no. Well, gosh, I've never seen him smile before. I didn't know he could do that. Um, <laughs> in fact, I wasn't really sure he had a mouth because he's got such a large moustache. Anyway, moving on from. <laughs> This body shaming podcast, which is now. You know what his face. You know what sound. No, let's, let's not body shame. No, 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 it's not body shaming. Okay, what? But you know, you know what sound comes to me when, when I look at that? Tash. That's an important sound. Uh, anyway, so he, 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 he is a long time hawkish Republican, meaning like he is properly on the right of the Republican Party. He got fired by Trump a couple of months ago, and he's now come out and he said, well, I've got some issues with Trump and what's happened uh -huh. in the Ukraine. And you can read all about it in, in my new, new book. Which I will be now buying that you told me about this. And he said that he is willing to testify in the case, in the impeachment trial, if he is subpoenaed. And then last week, the Democrats and the Republicans were there because they're haggling over where they're going to have witness. I don't know why this is a debate. Who says oh, we're having a trial? Yeah. No, I just I'm, don't see the logic. I was hoping you could explain this to me because well, I, I don't obviously know as much about US politics and it's you know something I'm interested in, but without the knowledge base of it. It's why, if you're having, like you just said, if you're having a trial, how you have to have, you have, to have witnesses and witnesses. Even if you discredit that evidence, you yeah. have to start with some evidence and go, oh, well. Um, well, it's effectively because, because the... Republicans have a majority in the Senate. Mm. That means on every committee in the Senate, they also have a majority. And the rules of this impeachment trial are decided by a committee on which they have a majority. So they are effectively able to decide the rules of the trial in which they will be presiding. It sounds terrible. It's awful separation of powers. Yeah. Like this should, I, the alternative is, though, that Trump is tried by a judiciary. And then you have a situation We've about this previously unelected the podcast, and, yeah. and things like that. So there's not, and there's not a natural and easy solution, but I don't think anyone will be looking at this process and going, this is great. Going from the other perspective, I mean, let's put my Republican hat on for a minute. Like, if you do think that Trump is innocent or you think this charge is completely overblown or whatever it might be, then the Democrats are being equally partisan in, in trying to kind of push it through. And every vote so far, as far as I'm aware, has gone completely down partisan lines. You know, none, partisan lines, sorry. None of them seem to be playing a kind of an even-handed, oh, that's a good point, but that's not a good point. I'm going to vote this way that way they're just playing politics they're playing politics yeah which which then kind of takes any actual kind of crime decision out of the equation yeah, anyway because it becomes a case of well they would say that wouldn't they yeah over every single matter and and I, I, I understand i don't know anymore and it's one of those things that the more you kind of talk about something the more the kind of more truth you kind of find in it or lack of truth you kind of find in it and the republicans are making the case again and again they're saying this is a witch hunt this is just the democrats playing politics blah 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 blah, blah and 
if you are a Democrat, then you're probably thinking, oh my God, this is awful. But if you are a floating voter, you basically have two sides yelling at you, one going, he's a criminal, and the other one going, they're a witch hunter. And actually, both sides will start to become truth. Yeah. You know if, if yeah. That, that means? Because they're both kind of repeat, repeating the points. So anyway, um, do caucuses really suck? They're probably good fun. They're terrible democracy. It's <laughs> a terrible democracy, but good fun. I mean, I want to go to the one now. Just I'd to like to go to one. I'd, I'd, I'd like to go on. They do so far. I actually think we should have a primary situation. I haven't fully thought it through, but I would like primaries in the UK. Not necessarily caucuses using yeah. that system, and I don't think I'd have, I might do it in a single day, but I like the idea that you're able to choose a candidate for, uh, for before each election. Yeah. Um, right, do you want to pick another topic? Is it now conservative to care about the environment? Why are we talking about that one? Because they've come out today... And they've announced that they're going to have a huge change to um, petrol, petrol and diesel cars. Um, yeah, so they're bringing forward the ban on petrol and diesel car sales. Yes. And this is in the wake of, obviously, all the climate movement yeah. and the extinction rebellion targets and, yeah, yeah. that have, have been set. So yeah. uh, the UK will aim to go carbon neutral by 2050, I believe. Yeah. And obviously, this particular part has been brought forward. So what is this all good news? I think... Well, I'll try and remain politically neutral on it for a minute. I think it's 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 big news because mm. this is a conservative government who is historically the party of business, yep. who are effectively now putting a big fat lump of regulation on the car manufacturing industry, saying you guys now need to be producing. You need you know whether this causes you profits or not profits, you guys are going to have to obey this new rule, and if that causes you a loss, so so be it. Um, for, for the sake of the environment. So it's definitely a shift in conservative attitudes. There was a period where David Cameron tried to promote the environment, which is when they changed the conservative logo to a small green tree. Do you remember that one? Yes, 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 yes. That yes. was supposed to be, but no one really believed him at the time. No. Like, it didn't catch on. This seems more genuine. You know, whether they believe it or whether it's a thing, they... I, th I, mean, I think it's easy to be cynical about politicians and, and, you know, we will never know really if Boris believes this or doesn't believe this or, you know, there's, there was an article saying today saying the Prime Minister admitted he doesn't get climate change. Like, I, I, we don't know what he genuinely thinks, but he's doing this. Yeah, r r if he's, he's doing, doing the right thing, then it's got to be a benefit. So how does this go into an, an earlier topic? How does this play into the Brexit, trade talks? What What's the Europeans' take on this? Are they following suit? Or? I don't think we know yet, but um, I mean, there could be a few other things going here. Like, ultimately, Britain doesn't produce many cars anymore. Mm. Uh, I think we have a few manufacturers. You mentioned Nissan. We've got, yeah, we've got a lot of foreign manufacturers here. Um, and when I say a lot, it's not actually that much. So we but we, Im we import a huge yeah. amount of cars. Yeah, so so, so one, one possible slightly more cynical view might be being, well, this is actually only affecting other countries who are mm. making the cars rather yeah. than the manufacturers here. You could argue that way. Um, I don't know about the European one. I mean, Europe normally tends to be kind of ahead of us in terms of legislating on these kind of things so we're interesting i don't we'll have to research and see if actually this is they've if other countries have already made this kind of ruling but i think it's good i think it's i mean one of the things that we've all often claimed as britain is that we are a world leader not necessarily economic strong but we are we show leadership to the mm. world and for us to take a a forward-looking role in in climate change uh, i know some of the scandinavian countries are very kind of ahead we, we kind of are thing. still though i think we're about fifth or six in the, the leading of going forward yeah. with, with with being carbon neutral it's really um, good and, and it's good, which is why it leads into my confusion about groups like Extinction Rebellion focusing their 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 actions on things that affect just the UK. Like I've said before, if you want to be a member of Extinction Rebellion, I get it, and I majorly agree with your cause, but go protest outside the Chinese embassy, I, for example. There I, are other options available. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to disagree with you. I think that 
we obviously we can't know the alternative timeline, Doctor Who, Tommy Wyman, all that kind of stuff. But I think the extinction. Re- I think you could draw a line between the extinction rebellion protests of the last year and this this announcement today. But as I've stated before, even if we did go carbon neutral neutral tomorrow, David Amber said so. It's got to be true because yeah. everyone loves David. Everyone loves David. If you don't, you have you, you have no heart. Actually, no, no heart. Um, if China and India and mainly China actually, if they don't change. Everyone else can change. It doesn't matter. It won't be enough unless China changes. I don't disagree with your argument. Your argument is completely sound. And yes, there is more countries in the world than the UK. But nevertheless, people of this country have come together, campaigned to the government in this country, and our government has listened and responded. Okay. I think there's actually there is actually a democratic issue here, which I think is interesting because we had um, we can make this a topic for the future. But in school the other day, Dominic Grief came in, which was fascinating because he's just stopped being an MP because of yes. the whole Brexit thing. In yep. fact, let's make definitely make that a future topic. I'll, 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 I brought I, I took loads of notes. Um, but someone else took loads of notes, and I'm going to steal. And um, <laughs> but, was was he as glorious as Roy Stewart? Uh, he was very good. He was very good. Was really he better than Roy Stewart? Though? Oh, I don't know. Oh, you put me on the spot there. Uh, Roy Stewart. That's another point I want to make. Okay, sorry, but Shut up. just no, how Shut much up. I love Roy. Stewart. I know you love Roy Stewart. Um, the that <laughs> I asked him a very. Everyone else asked him lots of interesting questions about Brexit and his career and things like that. And I was a, I was a complete politics nerd teacher. Yeah. Because I know that writing about pressure groups for essay students is quite a difficult one. So I asked him about pressure groups and lobbyists, and I said, "Do they have? Do pressure groups and lobbyists actually have much influence?" And his answer was, he thinks that the lobbyist one is vastly overstated. People seem to claim they have a far more kind of dark arts and influence than they actually do. But he name checked by name obviously, because he name-checked them, yep. Extinction Rebellion. And he said that he disagrees with Extinction Rebellion's methods because they break the law. Mm. But he says they're having a big impact. And the announcements we've seen today is this. Now, why I think that's very interesting from an essay writing perspective or even a democratic perspective is they have broken the law to make these protests, but they have actually got what they want or, or a big chunk of what they want. And I mm. think that's that's... Not necessarily wrong, because I think most people kind of agree that we should do something with climate change, but not everyone agrees that. No. Um, but it's almost, it almost kind of reminds me a little bit kind of like suffragettes. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's people kind of saying, well, you haven't listened, so, so we, we're going to break yep. the law. And then, so you're going to listen. And mm. So I, th- I think it's a really interesting case study, Extinction Rebellion. It's in a, and that it's, an, it's a pressure group that has had an impact in modern times by, break, by law breaking. This, the, the, the other side to this as well, and I completely agree with that point, by the way, um, the... The question, is it conservative to be environment and friendly now? There's always the thing that this is one of the promises, even though quite ambiguous and vaguely, he made during the election. Yeah. And he's keeping it. Mm-hmm. So this is now two promises. So we've had the uh, another unfortunate terror attack in London. Yeah. And they've said they're going to, like, these are the plans they've set out about uh, making uh, terrorist suspects or people convicted of terrorist activities serve their full term and then go to a, a board to seek approval to be released. So that's a promise. And this is another promise. This is He's actually nailing a lot of promises. Well, he should be. It's his first 100 days. This is his like time to be really going bam, 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 you know, to get a good lot of ticks on the Historically, board. Historically, though, that's not normally the case. Normally, like you can m- maybe one or two promises, but this is like three already. The, the other thing that's interesting from the question, is it now conservative to care about the environment, is one of the, one of the things I've been teaching about conservatism is that as an ideology, there, there's this phrase, change in order to conserve, mm. which was first coined by a guy called Edmund Burke. And his view that was that the way you should be is that you should cling on to your traditions and cling on to your cultures and avoid replacing things and changing things, basically kind of keeping things the same unless you need to change them in order to conserve. 
So if your way of life is a threat and the only way to deal with that is to change something, then by God, you need to change it. Yeah. But you preserve as much as you can in it. And so I think you could make an argument here that what's happened is conservatives have been pretty bad with the environment up until the point that they feel it's necessary for, okay, yeah, this is now what's so bad, yeah. Extinction Rebellion's got, or, you know, the, the statistics gone on. It, it now needs to become a priority for us to deal with the environment. So may, maybe it is now conservative to care about the environment because it is now necessarily to chair. Mm-hmm. So, bit of an ideological I, I look vint for, on that. I look forward in a few years when I can afford one to, to drive a completely electric car that lasts all up and down the motorway. I assume it's... um. New new car purchases though, so I'm assuming like I, I haven't read well, the diesel. Diesel is going to be taxed more if it's not okay. already, yeah. and then petrol will be taxed more, but further down the line, probably the 2030 target. I'm not 100 yeah, sure on that, so don't quote me. But but my guess is it's not overnight. Then, it's going to be hopefully by then with the pressure from Boris on private industry, car industry, yeah. they will really crack it. Industry and, will find a way. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if they know this is coming, they will invest money in getting the technology to be affordable for them to make and affordable for us mm. to buy. And I guess that's a good thing. The only thing I guess technology needs to do is make sure that we can, we can generate the electricity. Yeah. Because obviously we use electricity. And, and then, of course, there's infrastructure changes as well. Because, you know, when you go to a car park now and there's like four electric spaces and all the rest of normal ones. You know, yeah, yeah they, any- all that infrastructure. There was plenty, I, I read an article a few months ago about the, you know, the wireless charging technology for phones. Yeah. They're actually going to, they're looking, very early plans, yeah. but looking to put, put that in motorways. So as you're driving your electric car, it's charging. That's cool. That sounds amazing. It sounds like something out of Star Trek. It's crazy. I'm so old and frightened by the future. I don't know what's going on. Where are we going? We don't need roads. <laughs> yes, oh, I hope so. Uh, right, finally, is Boris continuing to censor the press? This is one of your like recent bugbears. So tell, tell us about the so story. We, we spoke about this before, that the Conservatives have changed the way the press interacts with mainly the government now as yeah. in so it's not um in the in, in westminster in the houses of parliament there used to be like a, a briefing for, uh, for for the press and everyone if you're a press member you were cleared and once you had clearance you can go anywhere and you can attend this briefing that changed to it was now going to be and is now hosted in number nine downing street and it's a selected it has to be pre-approved so all, all of a sudden it doesn't matter if you've got this clearance for, for any paper and security checks and stuff like that you actually individual names have to be more or less cleared so now what's happened a couple of days ago is that certain individuals are not being cleared and they're saying they're they're not banned this is literally the, the tag the conservatives use they're not banned they're just not invited hmm. all the rest of the press stood up in protest and left and boycotted the briefing there was one yesterday, I read the story, where it was, which is reported on Huffington Post, so I'm assuming that it happened this way, where they, they, they brought all the press over, or they said there was going to be a briefing, and as they came in, they divided them into two groups and basically said, right, you guys, oh, you guys are stand on one side, like you that. guys are going to stand on the other side, and then they took one group down to a gas chamber. No, no, just oh. say that. Oh my, no, no, okay. no, no. No, okay, no, they didn't. It's but, been but, three weeks since you've mentioned Nazis. Well, uh, that's a long stretch here. Okay, okay, they didn't do that, but they did divide them into two groups, and then they did, <laughs> and then they did, and then they did say, "You guys get out." And you know, there is a parallel. See, I don't know about you, but and, and bear with me, I will get to a point in this little thing. Is this a long You know when Andrew's going for a long analogy when he <laughs> buckle down, everyone, <laughs> get a drink, I'm about to go. No, this is it, it, it's. I keep going back and forth on where my political ideals fit in best. So this week, 
I mean, last week I was all like, oh, I'm not sure about Labour. They're really getting it wrong. They seem to be repeating all the same things. They're, you know, the, the people who could be leader, there's not enough change there. Yeah. I want it to be more centrist. This week, what are, the top? what are you doing, Boris? You can't censor the press. Is it just me? Please tell me I'm going mad. But this sounds terrible. It's not good. I mean, so what if you hate someone from a particular paper because he gives you a hard time? I think Boris is quite good at handling those people. You know, he just says Brexit at them a lot, and then just, they go away. He just ignores the question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's, I, I, why? It's, in, in one article I was reading, they were accusing this of being very Trump-like. You know, it's very like, well, I'm going to let Fox News interview me, but I'm not even going to engage with other news reporters. Oh, but it's, at least it's entertaining when Trump does it. You know, he'll shout fake news and insult them, and then, you, you know, you watch the clip on YouTube later and you laugh. But this is just, no... It shows a new approach that one of the Trump, one of the things that Trump has done being successful at is he's very hostile to the media. And so what he does is he creates a sense of distrust of certain channels, newspapers, websites, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, who knows where this is going to go, but it does start to suggest that, that Johnson is going to use a similar strategy of, of either you favorably report things or you treat me in this way or that way, or we will cut off your access. You know, it, it's, it's designed to intimidate journalists into... That's terrible. That's not freedom of press. I mean, this, by literally definition of what you just said, intimidate the press into yeah. to doing a particular story. I mean, last week I was thinking about, am I actually a conservative now? And now I'm thinking, no, I'm not. Because if it's the truth, it's the truth, and people need to know it. But this it? isn't an ideology about whether you're conservative or not conservative in terms of your views. This is his particular way of management. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't mean the, the philosophy. I mean yeah, the party. The party. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we, we talked about last week in quite a lot of detail, and do go back and watch it if you listen to it, if you haven't, <laughs> about the way that Johnson is restructuring various parts of politics to pull more power towards the executive, and, and this would seem to extend yeah. that, that point further. So perhaps we shouldn't be surprised, because this, this seems to be the way he wants to run things. Like, he wants to run things. But... I mean, there's one thing saying, saying, uh, telling MPs not to do too many interviews, and then there's there's this. This is moving the briefings, one thing, but actually, because they said they wouldn't do this, and they have done this, and it's only been a few weeks. Mm. I, I just don't get it. I can't see how this is going to help. I mean, it's right at the beginning of his, his time in power. Five years is a long time. People, people get used to it, but... Sure I, I think it's pushing buttons. I think it's... Um, you know, kids do this. You know, you've, you've got a couple of kids. Is what you, you give a kid a boundary, and then the kid obeys it to begin with, and then the kid will slowly push that boundary just to see what happens. And then if the... Then they, they lose Xbox for a week. They lose Xbox for a week. And they yeah. go, oh, crap, I'm not going to push that one again. <laughs> I think they're pushing the press to see what they can get away with. And this, this interestingly, this one has been... Um, uh, this one, this one has been reported on. You know, mm. gone on. BBC's reported it, but not very strongly. I think it'll be interesting to see if... I think probably what they're looking for, sorry, I've started about 10 sentences there and not finished a single one, but probably they're pushing this button to see what they can get away with. Like, how much is there going to be an outcry about this? Obviously, the press are going to go, oh, my God, about yeah. it. But will the public? And ultimately, if the public don't care, and then the, what they can push this button again. Well, my other half is not too politically engaged, and she was like, you can't do that. And that's just, you know, someone who doesn't really take that much interest in politics that much i'm quite Good. outraged yeah. and it's now put bad thoughts in my head it's, it's left a stink in the air does it does it show to go all a level um to go all a level politics about it? like does it show that the power of the media is limited or that the power of media is 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 stronger like how, how would you how would you use this example if you were making an argument about the media i think this i think it's comes down to what we've spoken about before 
and probably to the first topic of Brexit, if you have an opinion and you're so entrenched in it, it doesn't matter what your side does, you'll try and justify it. And if you are a Boris fan, and some people love Boris, like really love Boris, then they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, they're saying all these fake stories. And it doesn't matter if you say, okay, what if someone tells a true bad story about him? They'll go, nah. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the conversation. As a uh, random aside to finish our little show with today, uh-huh. Boris did make a critical error this week. Mm-hmm. He looked up. Oh, yes, you should Google that, everyone. Google he, Boris he was looking at, up. He was at a press conference and he looked up and a photographer managed to snap it at the exact moment he did. And there's this glorious picture that's all on the websites of just Boris looking in the air with his glorious like mane of hair sticking out from all sides. <laughs> and you know what will be the picture of this week's podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Boris staring at the sky. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed Pottering Politics. Please listen again. Please recommend it to your friends. Please send us some money. And, um, and we look forward to seeing you in a future episode where no doubt we will discuss future political escapades as long as we don't get censored in the meantime. I haven't got my press pass yet. No, we, we need to get one. We can't then. There's like, like 13 episodes now, so we should write to Boris and say... Exactly. Dear hey. Boris, we've been very nice about you. Thanks. Anyway, we'll potter some more next week. <laughs>